Welcome back to 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast, a show focused on highlighting the illustrious Prairie View A&M University, the HBCU of Texas, by promoting SWAC and the HBCU experience, featuring your fellow PB Panthers, Roland Austin, Jay Cleasy, Big Mike Washington, Dr. J. Kenyatta Cavill, Dean of HBCU Sports, three-time SWAC champ Gati Werema, former drum major HBCU band historian Shanetta Haskell, and Al Williams, driving the show from the hill. Please subscribe and follow us on social media at 1876SCP. And don't forget, we do it for the culture. And welcome to the 1876 Sports and Culture Podcast. We are back with you with episode two of season five. We have a full cast today, minus uh, Gati, who is still on assignment over in Kenya, uh, getting it in, getting her service in. Uh, But, man, I'm feeling good today, and you know why. Double Got that dub. Got that dub. We're going to talk basketball a little bit later. It was funny, y'all overhand stopped texting from the game after about nine something. I was like, oh, see, somebody tried to get back to the car. He was hungry, man. All I could think about was French's chicken around the corner. And they was cooking it down too, but they kept smelling it. I'm sorry, we'll wait. I'll wait. See? <laughs> and, and, and that's the that's the new redesigned Frenchies. They got the upstairs, downstairs, they, and they put yeah, a little man. bar in there too. That's not. That's listen. That, that, Do they have two drive-through lanes? We're not going to go. No, let's talk about that later. But no. <laughs> They are not Chick Fil A drive-through. I'm about to say they need to do it outside with the uh, with the iPad. Talk about uh, no, it's my pleasure. They had a dude out there with a piece of paper, not the iPad, <laughs> and it was like 15 cars in the lane, bro. I I sat man. there for five minutes just contemplating: is it this crucial? Is it this crucial? See, man. I got out. There, I went in and got out the car, and I said, I'm gonna just walk in. They had the doors locked. People watch me walk up to the thing, and instead of signaling, it's locked, it's locked. They're like, you, you lost your space in line, cuz. You know they laughed at you, Joe. It's, a, it's an Instagram of you right now. Watch it. Look. Look at this. Look at this. Look at this. Oh, Lord. Well, man, I, I, I know we got Doc on for here a quick minute, so I, I really want to get into... The, uh, the lawsuit filed by Urban Edge Network against the SWAC uh, around media rights. So, um, Doc, I know you broke it down on inside the HBCU Sports Lab this morning, but we need you to break it down a little bit for, for the 1876 listeners. All right. One of the first things that you talked about, as you said, um, this is Urban Edge um, that is the plaintiff, uh, and the defendants are actually Weber Marketing, uh, Southwestern Athletic Conference and Dr. Charles McCullen in terms of that, which uh, usually is a little different. If an actor works for a institution, you don't name them in the uh, plaintiff as a defendant. So that's a little different in terms of this. But essentially, when you boil it all down, while they are charging um, that there were unfair business practices 
uh, in the violation of Texas business and commerce and the way that you use Texas business and commerce is because all the businesses at one point of time are, if you look at the um, docket here, document, is that they're out of the state of Texas. Although the SWAC office is in Alabama, a lot of the other uh, businesses in Texas. So that's why they're trying to get it done in Texas. But not to be too long-winded with this, when you break it all down, essentially what they are claiming is there is an argument of who owns the rights uh, to broadcast games in this case. So um, they're, they're suggesting uh, that the institutions, individual institutions, own their rights. Um, and that they went in and negotiated rights with the institutions via the marketing Weber group. And at some point, Charles told them or went directly and told them or went directly to the folks they were trying to get business with and told them that this group does not represent us. Um, and then they are claiming that they created some consorted uh, organized pathway to misrepresent their names uh, in that process. And therefore they have rights to media rights that they lost from these companies that they were gonna get money to. So yes, it's pretty convoluted and weird in a lot of ways, but uh, there also should be a note that they did this lawsuit that's in here that talks about the fact after the fact that Weber marketing uh, sued them for breach of car, a contract. And then they decided that they were going to sue not only Weber Marketing, but in this case, uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference in Charles. So they do go in there and talk about the fact that they went after FAMU and they had to deal with FAMU. <clears throat> we all basically know how that ended with, uh, the, to some degree, the VP of Athletic, Courtney Gaucher, um, losing his job. People may say it was unrelated, but we know that was an outcome. Um, and that went through Peak, which is another organization. So this is multi-leveled of how they vary and go through different components. They named some other HBCU media outlets in here uh, that they had some partnership with. They also have Gramlin in here that they say they had some business with. Um, and so it's winding and tangly, but essentially that's what they're trying to say that they had the rights to go to the school that owned their own rights instead of the conference on their rights. So doc, just to be doc, clear, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, Doc, there's some strong language in here, and I don't know how much you can elaborate. If you read some of the sources, I think in one of the pages it says that Urban Network anticipated revenues of hundreds of millions of dollars. That's not over the course of one or two, three years. That's, you know, that multi-year contract. The other the other allegation to me that has strong language, and I don't know how accurate it is, is that uh, it alleges that the SWAC and Weber Marketing, at the direction of Charles McClellan and Direct Weber, formulated a scheme to defame, injure, and interfere with contracts. So some pretty strong language, you know, in there. Can you elaborate? Uh, you know, I'm putting my two years of law school on the line, but whenever you have strong language like that, you know, there's something, 
you know, to be said. Is there more you can elaborate on from that perspective? If you can't share it, I understand. Like, like you said, you have two years of law school, so you probably could get into the legalese even more than I can. I'm not speaking on this as a lawyer. Uh, I'm yeah. speaking on this uh, nor a representative of urban uh, uh, media as well as uh, the Southwestern Athletic Conference. I'm coming at this as a sport management professional and a professor to talk about the the framework of what's in the legal lawsuit. But to get to your point in regards to that language, a lot of the time that's what you do in a legal document is you push the envelope in terms of what you're uh, creating. But the, the problem that you have in a legal framework is you got to call, show the causation in terms of what's the relationship between what was going on. So you can allege a lot of things that took place, but your responsibility yeah. is plaintiff, as you know, you got to prove it. And so what does that mean to say uh, that they acted in this manner? Um, but that's why I tried to boil it down to the simplicity of it. The first thing they got to prove is who owns the rights. Um, right. And so if you can't prove who owns the rights, then some of these actors that you may be trying to sue, you're going to have to pull out. Because if you're saying that the person that defrauded you was Weber Marketing, not to push them out there, but um, who's to say that Weber Marketing had the rights uh, to tell you had the rights and you still got to prove what you said Weber Marketing did. So you're making the causation that there was Weber Marketing was acting on the behalf of Southwestern Athletic Conference. And somehow you got to prove that that's the case if uh, indeed that's what you're seeking. Um, and then when you talk about the monetary uh, amount, you have to prove that you had access to that amount. All they did was stay in here is that say they were in talk and the fact that these large corporations have made some plans that they were going to spend more money with black businesses. But who's to say they were going to come to Urban Edge Network? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's it. Exactly. And mm. I, th uh, I think the key one of the key things here is. Uh, as far, to my knowledge, and you correct me if I'm wrong, no member institution in the SWAC has a separate media deal uh, similar to University of Texas, uh, what they had in the Big 12, uh, to own a larger portion of their media rights. Uh, so like the Longhorn Network is separate from the Big 12 Network. No member institution in the SWAC has a deal like that with the SWAC. Is that correct? That, that is correct, but I think we need to go in and explain that a little deeper uh, in regards to what that looks like. So yeah. one of the things on here is that they talked about that they're claiming that the SWAC told them that they had exclusive rights, that they basically had all the rights to the conference, right? Um, and if you exceed that out further, that is generally the case uh, with just about any conference in America, that the conference itself has the exclusive rights. Uh, to the content within the members that join the conference. So they're trying to say that it wasn't exclusively in the bylaws. So somebody will have to legally talk about that, whether it was or not, or does it have to be in there for that case? So that's some stuff that you want to look at from a legal perspective. But to get you an example so people may get a little more clarification what you're talking about the Longhorn Network in the Big 12. So for um, most conferences, what they're able to do is get levels to the rights so i think we discussed this at one time but it's good to always review it so you got exclusionary rights which means that um the the individual or when i say individual i'm talking about the 
corporation, institution, right, conference, whatever you want to call it, the organization has all the rights, right? Now, that organization, based on the leadership in that organization, can say that we want to break down these rights. And if you break down the rights, you have a thing where you can say they will have what we call primary rights. Uh, and then you enter into a contractual negotiation with somebody that's going to broadcast that right. And then they have primary rights. Then you have what you call secondary rights. You have tertiary rights. And you see where I'm going, first, second, third. You can get down, if you can break it down enough, you can go to fourth rights, fifth rights, which is essentially what you've seen lately with the Big Ten, with the new contract before the commissioner left that took the Chicago job. One of the things people were alluding to, his his brilliance, and you've seen this because he copied what you see basically at the NFL, they decided to break down all these rights because they thought if they could share the rights between many broadcasting entities that they could increase the volume uh, of what they could put out in the atmosphere, that knowing that each of these companies would want this in terms of their broadcast, when I say atmosphere, uh, and they could command top dollar for each one of them. So if you know they have the primary rights to go to CBS as it moves from the SEC to the big uh, 10, and they had secondary rights where NBC got some of those rights. Um, you also had some rights that went to uh, Fox. They could have kept chopping it down. They could have went to four rights and found inventory if there was some left and gave it to ESPN. ESPN decided to back off. So in some cases, this would be like ESPN coming back and saying, suing the Big Ten is like, you didn't give us fair rights to negotiate it. And that's the, one of the things I always say that looks at it that makes us kind of weird. Or you can see a case where you talk about Oklahoma suing the NCA when the NCA had it. But that was an institution, a member institution. That wasn't an outside entity that was marketing on behalf of Oklahoma saying they're going to sue the NCA to make sure that Oklahoma had their own rights. So in this case, if you're following that lead, it would be like Grambling or FAMU or one of the member institutions suing the SWAC to say that we want our rights regardless of what the bylaw says. That would be the mirror image if you're going to use the Georgia-Oklahoma lawsuit that went to the Supreme Court um, from the perspective. But last thing is to get you back, because I think it's important contextual when you talk about the Longhorn Network. So the Big 12 had those rights, but they allowed um, the carve out where um, the Big 12 had their rights, but the secondary rights essentially went to uh, three institutions that had the ability to do it. So any institution, the Big 12 could have did this. But the only ones that were powerful enough to do this at the time was University of Texas, Texas A&M, as well as Oklahoma, and they would actually get a larger percentage of the payout in the Big 12, while the SEC and the Big 10 had equal revenue rights when they split the money back up, right? And so the Longhorn said, well, we're going to take our inventory that doesn't go to the Big 12, secondary, we're going to bundle all that up, and we're going to go see if there's somebody that would be interested in paying us for those rights, right? And so it's not just that they had their own rights. It's like the Big 12 had the primary rights, then Texas had the secondary rights, and they bundled that and sold that. Oklahoma did the same thing. They just called it the Sooner Network, right? They, okay. okay. A&M was looking at doing the same thing um, until they decided to go to SEC, where the SEC, they had a similar deal. Remember, first rights went to CBS. Secondary and tertiary rights went to ESPN. That's why they would play multiple games. So CBS would have the first right to pick their game that they wanted to play on Saturday, essentially, 2 o'clock or whatever time they played it. ESPN would have next right, and they had two or three games that they would play Saturday night. 
And then the tertiary rights would go back to the uh, member institutions and they had their tertiary rights to be able to create or sell those rights. And that's where you get Jefferson Pilot and all that kind of stuff. And they would do stuff or they would have, create their own network within their institution. Well, the SEC said, no, once these contracts are up and they bought some of those contracts out, they bought all those tertiary rights back. And then they went to ESPN and said, hey, everything that's left after what CBS has, whatever, and all these other, you can have those things. And that's where they came up with the SEC network. Okay, man, I don't right. know that went way over my head, but it sounds like to me you got this one big cake that everybody else is eating off of, and we're <laughs> fighting over them yeah. bitty bitty butt cakes to me. But that, yep. <laughs> I feel like we just fighting over that little bunk cake. It's a little bunk cake, man. You, we, we spending all this time with legal stuff yeah. and tying up lawsuits and lawsuit money. Lawsuit. Bruh, it's a little bunk cake. We are not talking about billions of dollars here. I'm sorry. Roll the yeah. where the goats can get it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. We are we're fighting over the bunt cape or where's the cupcake? Yeah, oh, man. There it is. <laughs> so I think we could probably look for maybe, of course, in any lawsuit, there's always going to be a motion to dismiss. Uh, and that may take a few months. My guess is we won't hear about, you know, if this is going to move forward until probably the end of the, the um this semester so probably in the may time frame before we're here yeah. if this lawsuit goes forward my guess is they'll remove uh those individuals because those individuals will not have uh the means to remedy uh what they're what they're alleging so if it moves forward it will just be against either weber or the swag um so yeah doc appreciate you keeping us informed as always the dean of hbcu sports always breaking it down for us so uh doc appreciate it and uh, keep keep us in the loop if you hear anything. Certainly. With that being said, there probably needs to be, you know, some foresight by organization out there to really look into the actors associated with uh, urban. Um, urban, yeah. Yeah, yeah there's some fami familiar yeah. names in there. <laughs> and we can get into that later, but there are some familiar names that have been in some other mess before. So uh, I'm going to leave that where it is. Go tell it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm going to leave that where yeah, it is. Yeah, you, you do a little digging, it's not necessarily hard to find. Yeah. 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 Appreciate you, Doc. My pleasure. You take care. All right. Y'all have a great All show. Right. Continue to do the great stuff that you're doing representing 1876. I love what's going on in sports and culture, the way you bring it and weave everything in and keep us informed of what's going on as we affectionately call the heel. Uh, as you said, y'all have a great show coming off uh, two big victories over the rival yesterday. One going yep. into double overtime, so by definition, it's a classic. There it is. There it is. Yep. And we are we are on that HBCU Sports Lab family tree, along with several others that you'll see on BCSN. So, Doc, appreciate you for being the bill wash of uh, of what we call our uh, HBCU Mount Rushmore. Yeah, uh, we call it Mount Kilimanjaro. We ain't we ain't recognize the Rushmore. Mount Kilimanjaro, there it is. Already, governor structure, baby. <laughs> All right, giving a, 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 a um, exam. Shit, I thought he was doing uh, an exam for us. <laughs> Pull out oh, the stand tron, like, man, number two pencil. Don't don't get that boy no idea. All right, man. I'm telling you.
Uh, <laughs> big cake, little cake fighting. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> all right, man. I, I want to talk real quick. Uh, we hit on it last week about uh, you know the Shannon Sharp comments, but you know uh, this week he he put PV's name in his mouth, and you know. Uh, PV has taken uh, what we had in 2022 was the this you. Now we flipped that and it's this us. Yeah. And you saw the, the timeline flooded with images and pictures from our sports facilities, the $70 million engineering now, facility going up. Everybody's like, wait a minute, bro. You can't put PV in that, that boat. They got the best facilities in the FCS. Yeah. <laughs> now, that was very yeah. wonderful to see how everybody rallied to boost up PV. They're like, this dude has never been to PV. And you see yeah. all these folks, yeah. I'm not a PV alum, but yeah. that ain't what he talking about. <laughs> nice. That's what I'm talking about. Not just PV folks. It was folks from Grambling, Alcorn, yes. Howard. I saw Howard. Yeah. Out there. I saw yeah. Tuskegee. I, but you, I, I beg the question, though. Ignorance or genius? Because Ignorance. I wonder. Ignorance. No, 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 no. Stay nah. with me now. Stay with Don't me. Don't mistake me. In the realm <laughs> of media here and the realm of marketing. Ignorance. Ah, but I wonder how much <laughs> no, did his wait. viewership spike because of that. Oh, so sometimes oh, people can say. No, bro. No, bro. I unsubscribed. We're talking. I unsubscribed. We're talking Shannon. Unsubscribe. How many people? Yeah, how many man. more people subscribe that week? Mm -mm. I wish I could no look one, at the numbers. Okay, no one subscribed to Shannon Sharp because he threw stones at an HBCU. You think though? Bro, that didn't happen. Bro. Hey, okay, bro. I could be wrong. Bro. He might bro. win some, but he just lost one. <laughs> he lost two at least. For okay. sure. I don't know, man. I wonder. But, but you know, hey, it was a good look for PV. Great movement for the culture. Great movement for the heel. I love it. So, you know, again, I we say ignorance or genius. I thanks we thanks, talk. Uncle Shannon. Yeah, I think it's uh, it was a we talking uh, Shannon we talk, from Savannah State. From Savannah State. We talking Shannon Sharp and intelligence. We talking Shannon. <laughs> Shannon Sharp, intelligence. Hey, we hey. really talking. <laughs> Y'all got Boosie going. You over there stuttering. What you got? Go ahead, Shannon. No, I was just funny. It made me think of the pull out the Bible and what you meant for evil. <laughs> God, there you go. Good because a lot of attention was was on PV this week in a positive light. Yes. And and what was funny to me, and I don't know, maybe my expectations were low. People keep talking about, have you been to PV recently? PV didn't look that bad to me when I was there. It didn't. <laughs> so it's At like all. message. Yeah. Besides, besides, PV was Alexander always beautiful. Well, I mean, look, I mean, man, dorm, we all had pockets. Right. Okay. The dorm was what you made. The dorm was what you made yes. of it. But the, I mean, yeah. Well, no, kudos uh, to PV this week. It definitely was a good look. And um, a lot of like Kenyatta's uh, posts were shared thousands of times. 16,000 so, times. Yeah. So yeah, I think that, that, came from Chris uh, that was Chris Williams. Yeah. Yeah. Chris cool. Williams. The original post was, yeah. Yeah. But th this is my this is my take. We took a L and a W. We took mm -hmm. a W from what y'all are talking about, um, but that was mostly HBCU and PV family. We took an L from non-HBCU folks. 
if you are a person that's completely outside of the HBCU space and you hear, you heard what Shannon Sharp, who's on TV all day, every day for years, you heard what he said, you're going to take what he said as words. So if you were considering an HBCU or you were considering Prayer View or Alcorn, you might, you're a parent and you're sitting there listening, or, or a student athlete, and you're saying, Uncle Shannon said they trash over there. I'm not going over there. I'm not even going for a visit because Uncle Shannon already said it's garbage. So for some people, and you know how folks are in America, we take word yeah. as, as the law, as the gospel. There are people out there who are now taking that statement and running with it the same way they took statements from Prime and ran with it about Jackson State. No doubt. Yeah. And now they they pile on uh, Bethune Cookman. Uh, you know we got to circle circle the prayer warriors again for Bethune because yeah. you know they were going through it. Um, I, I question some of the the. I guess I, I'm, I appreciate the fact that it's being covered. It is newsworthy and it should be covered. Uh, but I, I am looking for uh, some journalistic integrity to confirm sources, confirm information, and not just allow things to be put out. Um, <clears throat> we know that uh, uh, Jay Walker had to come to Bethune's uh, defense as he felt the, the, uh, the commentary was, was, seemed to be angled uh, with, a, with a particular, um, what's a good word to say, a particular... Uh, I'll say uh, unequitable. It was unequitable. Unequitable <laughs> approach or very slighted towards Bethune and HBCUs in general. Uh, that, hey, these institutions are not well run. There's money missing. I, come on, man. This is a state institution. State institutions are mandated by their state governments to do fiscal audits every year. Yeah. Nobody is running away with money. It, you know, there is no misappropriation of funds. Bethune just happens to be the one private HBCU institution in the SWAC. And if you know the history of how that school got started and how that school stays open, you will realize that right now they are punching above their weight class. So we are here to lift up BCU and their student, uh, their students and, and their uh, their alumni. And, you know, Ed Reed talking about, well, I had Shaq coming to this. Man, Shaq's mama got a degree from Bethune. It don't yeah. take it don't take Ed Reed to tell him to to get back to his it's mama's mama. alma mater. Come on, yeah. man. Yeah. His mama was on the board of trustees. Come on, man. Yeah. Miss me with that. Yeah, do your homework. Yeah. It, 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 it'll take. I mean, everybody got the Google machine. Come on. <laughs> but but you know what? Let's 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 look at the positive though. Again, HBCU family supporting each other. Jay Walker of yep. the U, uh, uh, University of. Uh, Howard University, excuse me. He showed Shaq H love U. to Bethune Cookman. Yeah. yeah, the HU. He he showed love. Uh, he showed HBCU love to Bethune Cookman um, when he saw a family member, a cousin of the HBCU diaspora, getting attacked. He came to aid. He came to render aid, and it was beautiful. If you saw the uh, the post that he made against a friend of his, Roland Martin, he he. Pushed back at statements that Roland Martin made, and Roland Martin, Mister, trying to interject constantly, trying to interject himself into HBCU space, which I understand, and I, I, I get what he's trying to do. He has been helpful, but 
people got to understand just because you did some research at an HBCU, just because you stepped in an HBCU's campus, you stepped into their space and you gave a couple speeches, don't mean you know what the family history is. If you did not spend time, that's why they call them swag hours on the yard. If you ain't got swag <laughs> hours, you are missing the tacit knowledge that comes with exactly. The day-to-day grind, baby. You gotta get in the culture. You feel the culture. If you can't read about it, you gotta be about it. You gotta be about it. If you wasn't a teenager or in your early 20s living on a yard, going through all this foolishness, learning the culture on different levels, then there's just a certain amount of tacit knowledge that you don't understand and you can't speak of, and you cannot understand why family members come to defend one another when an outsider speaks up against us. You know, it's Joe, it's yeah. interesting that you continue to um, refer to all of the HBCUs as family members, right? When I think about the financial disparities that a lot of these folks go through, I'm, I'm constantly reminisced of, um, you know, how black families operated their households and their budgets. They did the best they could with what they had. Now, someone on the outside, it may look like misappropriation but hey i had to rob peter to pay paul this week right i had to take from this side to make sure that the light stayed on this week because this is a big thing because it's thanksgiving week and i got out i mean a number of different things and i think we cannot continue to overlook the level of creativity and i think we've interviewed um a couple of uh coaches that have come on and they've echoed that same sentiment this is how they're having to run their departments so if the departments are running like that (laughs) You got to think the institutions are being ran like that. They are not. You, We constantly hear this over resounding theme of underfunding. If they're underfunded, how do you think these institutions are, 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 are functioning? It is a it is fiscal. What is it called? You can't do you can do creative accounting. You can't do creative financing. But, you but again, <laughs> again, as yeah, we mentioned uh, earlier, yeah. there are audits. So and, and know, again, the, exactly. There's limited Robin Peter to PayPal these days because you got to pass the audit two days later after you done robbed and paid back. Well, no, I'm saying that's what I'm pointing is it's all done under the umbrella of it's these are legal accounting practices that they're doing. Yeah. If there was something illegal, some audit would somebody you're not going to stay in office all this time. You can't hide money anywhere. Yeah, you can't yeah. put money in your pocket without it coming out. And if it came out, then great. If it didn't, I mean, it. I, I'm sorry. I, you know, yeah. I go, Let's move yeah. on. We, we didn't, yeah, yeah. We, we, yeah. Didn't, we didn't beat that one. The only thing I'm going to say is I, I remember getting to a point where I stopped. I'm like, I'm so sick of these Finding Forrester movies, right? Where you've got the the, the 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 young black youth and this person that comes and saves them and I feel like that's where we're going now with HBCUs now we've got to go get the 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 ex NFL player who didn't choose an HBCU yep right so they they have to now and come save us save us Man, I can't save with that. Yeah. Lord deliver me yeah. from that she <laughs> says Sunday and I feel I yeah, need to it's like I rebuke you. I'm sick of it. I'm so. I rebuke you. I'm with you. And and you know what? Uh, You know, we didn't talk about it last week, but the people who were for hiring uh, Bubba McDowell as head coach, they are looking really wise now that we didn't go the celebrity route because Ed Reed reached out to Prairie View with strong interest for the job. 
And uh, our previous so, AD, Dr. Reed, did not uh, move forward with that application. But don't get it twisted. Ed Reed wanted to be a coach on the yard uh, in, along, in, in addition to several other coaches. So, uh, so, we, we, dodged, really? so, we, dodged, so we dodged the bullet. He yeah. wanted to be a coach. Yeah. Did you want to be a coach at HBCU? Or did you want to be a coach? Mm. And that's the question. Ooh. That's the mm. issue that I keep having. She said you just wanted to be affiliated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want to be there. You use this as a stepping stone. With what you're going yeah. through. <laughs> you know right, hey, Go one more topic. One more topic, and then we got to get to our interviews because we don't go on too long. But, uh... The NCAA, big news out of NCAA this week. The uh, the initial eligibility center has done away with SAT and ACT requirements for incoming freshmen. Yeah. That's huge. So now you will only need uh, the 2.3 GPA in your core classes. You will need 16 core uh, credits or 16 core classes in order to be eligible for to compete in the NCAA. Mm -hmm. So uh, a big thing that has held a lot of students back, that standardized test is now off the table. I got a sense that the NCAA feels the end is near with NIL and, and uh, all these things that are happening. This whole amateurism thing is kind of going away in this multi-billion dollar industry. Got to get more, yeah. more hands in the yeah. field. Yeah. And, and you know what? They, they did that. They they did away with it um, or canceled it, or postponed it during COVID. So there were kids who could not take the SAT and ACT test that spring of 2020. And so they they kind of waived the SAT and ACT for that period. So I guess maybe they decided, you know what, we were able to do it for that cycle. Then let's get away the do away with it, period. If the if the uh, powers that be at the different universities didn't have an issue with it. But no, there's precedent. There's precedence. There's precedent set. You have Ivy League schools who have done the, the, the numbers and they said, you know, these 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 types of tests, they can be culturally biased. They've proven it. And now it's been extended to uh, other universities. And it really is going to show its 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 head with with athletes. And I think really the biggest group that's going to suffer is, like Al said, the NCAA. I think they're going to take the biggest hit. Mm -hmm. I will caution students and, and their parents, though. Universities still require that SAT and ACT for academic scholarships and other scholarships. So don't get yes. it. Yes, scholarships. Uh, yes, you yes, still need scholarships. It. Absolutely. Yep. Yep. All right. I'm calling an audible. Normally we would go into basketball, but I'm calling an audible. We go into the flagpoles next. So we'll be right back with Meet Me at the Flagpoles. And joining us at the flagpoles, we got none other than Yahuza Rasas. What's up, bro? I, had that, I see that smile on your face. You're feeling good after last night. <laughs> How you doing? How you doing? All right. So for those of you that don't know, uh, Yahuza uh, transferred to PV from Texas Southern. So I know that dub last night in double overtime felt extra special. Yeah, yeah. No, that's something we definitely needed, even me. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a great feeling for everything and everyone. 
Um, for PV and the team, you know, we were kind of going down through a little hill right now. Um, we had lost three conference games. So we, we kind of needed that to get going again. And like you just said, um, for me, man, like you got to win at home. I mean, sometimes when you go back to your old spot, you got to win at home. <laughs> it was kind of hard. Which home you was? <laughs> right. He was right, like, right. Really wait, no, 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 not that home. Uh, <laughs> like, I tried to told you. <laughs> yes, sir. So how much no how much noise talking went on back and forth? Y'all had, you know, y'all had the lead, they had the lead. I know some whispers. Well, see, see what happens when you lead. And then right, when, right. when you pulled out the dub, I know I bet you were saying, Yeah, look at the scoreboard. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. So, you can tell the truth. Speaking of, <laughs> speaking of some of my teammates were telling me, um, yeah, chatter like that was going on. Um, you know, some people were saying some stuff. We were we went over, we took a really good lead. So that gave us, you know, some confidence and room for some teammates, you know, to say some stuff. And then vice versa, they turned it around and got it right back up on us. Um, at the end of the game, you know, coming from my point of view, I got respect out there with a lot of people. Um, I finished strong over there. I graduated from TSU. So, like, they all they all do still love me, sad to say, even though they see me in them colors. I mean, they still love me, man. And as I was telling them, like, this is my new home. Like, that's just, that's just what it is right now. So... When, hey, when you put in work for five, four years, they got no uh, yeah. choice but to appreciate and respect you. Yeah, that's right. right. That's right. That's like Brian going back to going back to Cleveland. They still love him. You know, so some folks have talked <laughs> that stuff, but they still love him. No, brother. <laughs> some of my teammates have brought that up as a reference, and but they brought it up the other way, talking about some Bernie jerseys and. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, them jerseys ain't cheap over there at TSU. Y'all better get it right. Under Armour ain't playing. <laughs> it, it is. I would imagine it's very tough considering the 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 heightened rivalry that exists between PV and, and Texas Southern. But man, how you feeling? You took a pretty nasty fall there. Oh man, yeah. I was a little concerned for you for yeah. a minute. So off off the initial fall, like it was like my back and my lower hip. Um, and it did hurt a little bit, but I tried to get up. I tried to walk it off, and man, leg was like in shock. Couldn't even move. I had to just sit there and just accept it all for a moment. Um, and then I ain't really feel it when I went and sat down. You know, I'm looking the crowd, my general running like it's just I'm I'm ready to go. You know, so I get back out there. I finish the game out. We're on the bus back to um PV. By the second, I'm starting to feel it. Like oh boy, starting man. to pull. But I mean, today I'm still fine. It's just a little bruise, probably. So, so not it's a young body. Man. I know, boy. Look, I fall like that. I'm out for two months. You know, what I'm, saying? I'm canceling calls. Mm -mm, I can't do nothing. I can't talk on the phone. <laughs> T tell us about the what your thought process was, or what your mindset was when y'all took off to that 10-0 lead and made made TSU have to stand up for the first five to six minutes of the game. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. So to begin off, I, I told my teammates, um, you know, I used to play at TSU, and, and I know how it goes over there. Everybody stands up for the first bucket. Um, I told them my goal, which was, was outrageous, but I wanted them standing up for 10 minutes for the first two media timeouts, you know. Um, I mean, we pushed it out for a good like five minutes. So yeah. and it, it was a free throw that made them sit down. So yeah, yeah. we were debating. Mike and I were debating. Does a free throw count, or were they going to be able to sit down? If they had stood up for so long, they took anything they could. 
Yeah. They looked at each other. Like, you going to sit down? You gonna... Yeah, let's just sit down. Ain't nobody going to say that. <laughs> by, by the time they got to that free throw, some of them had said, you know, screw this, man. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Sit down anyway. Mm-hmm. But um, the whole thought process was, you know, just just going ahead and going there. Um, when we went up, it was all, everybody was excited. The energy was loud. Um, even though we were at TSU, like, we could feel our crowd. We could feel everybody around us going crazy. Um, we wanted to do it even more, but even even Coach Smith been there a couple of times. He like he told us from the beginning beginning of this game, I didn't play this TSU versus PV game ten times. Um, he knows how it's gonna go. While we were up, it was strange, but he told us enjoy it, but go ahead and know that you know it's not gonna last forever. Like this isn't forever. You gotta respect TSU at the end of the day. They're gonna go ahead and play. And they're gonna come back. Um, and I feel like that just gave us his words right there. Just gave us the right increase. So when they came back, when they went up, we weren't down. You know, we weren't defeated. We still knew that hey, this was just part of the game. You know. So so we know the SWAC uh, is super competitive this year, and you know, there you got that. You got to hit that cutoff to make it into the SWAC tournament. So you guys have coming up. I think you got BCU on the fourth, mm-hmm. and then you got FAMU on the sixth. Uh, what is your guys' mindset going into this home stretch of uh, conference play before we start getting into uh, the SWAC tournament? Um, to begin off, like, we got to go ahead and take every game one by one. Um, we didn't drop some games off in the beginning, um, some games that shouldn't have been dropped off. But, hey, you know, that's the past. Right now, what we can do is look forward. We can game from TSU, try to go on a good run, you know. Uh, we got the momentum right now. Um, and that's exactly what we need. We got two home games coming up. That's going to be great for us. And then after that, I think that's the next is the road trip with Southern and Grandma. And that should be if we, you know, if we do handle our business correct as home games, that momentum just going to take us on to that Southern and Grandma in the way game. So mm-hmm. we should we should yeah. have things rolling by now. So. Well, yeah, because Southern to... and Graham are sitting at first, uh, at first place. Southern was at seven and one, and Graham at six and two. But you guys are only uh, two games back out of out of you know getting up there with Graham. So, like you said, you can flip the script pretty quickly here this season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it might look like it's it's tight or whatever, but if we that's right now we just gonna try to go ahead and one game at a time, and hey, hopefully be be back at that top spot, you know. It's not always nice being in that middle. Um, you want to go. You want to be at the top. So, you talked yeah. about one game at a time. Uh, one, I guess, question. Uh, I hear PV fam talk about how do we, in one game, beat a power five, and then later on lose to a SWAC school. You know, their their thought is, well, if we can beat a power five, then we should run through SWAC. Can you talk about how each game is its own entity, its own standalone, and matchups are really determine the outcome of a game mm-hmm. so as you said each game you know you know basketball each game is different um from players from the way the game flows the way the game goes um being a power five like that 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 just goes up in, into the way pv prepared for how we went hard and everything um that was pv basketball now the rest of the conference stuff like it's hard because at times injuries come into play. Um, you, you you drop some people, you lose some people, you pick up some people. I don't want to talk too much about my situation, but I missed out like four weeks of the first um, preseason. My hand 
had got messed up. Um, but it just little stuff like that, you know, you don't, you don't really, we weren't ready for that, you know? Um, and then to go on and swag is different. First of all, PV is known for being the top dogs and everybody's going to want you, even regardless if you're having a tough year, regardless if you're trying to figure yourself out, regardless what's going on, we got a target on the back regardless just just because the clothes we wear. Uh, everybody knows how easy it is for PV to turn anything around. Um, even when I used to be at TSU, like we spoke about child, like, hey, that boy's going to get it going soon. So just, just go ahead, keep him on the radar. And and everybody wants a piece of PV. Everybody wants to beat PV. Um, but that that's just the toughness and the, the part of the game that we had to pick up. And it took a while, but we have 14 transfers. Not a lot of people who are used to playing in the swag. Um, they're not used to, you know, um, just the fact that everybody wants to beat you. You know, regardless how your season is going, everybody wants to beat you. So you're going to get everybody's best game. And right now, they can, they're they they're starting to get our best game. So There it is. So, 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 Yahuza, um, we understand you're a grad transfer, so you've already got a degree. But what are your plans uh, after PV? Um, so, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get paid for basketball. I, I didn't play the sport for a long time now. Um, people tell me I'm good enough, so <laughs> I don't see why not. But outside of basketball, I'm also um, studying to become a vet. All right, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Thank you, thank you. So it started with um, at TSU. I had um, gotten my biological science degree, and that was just so I can get most of my electives out the way. Um, and that's like the wall I kind of ran into is because now I needed like some extra classes before I got to like to before I could apply to vet school, and um, TSU didn't have any classes for me no more. Um, I could try to go to like a Texas A&M or something like that to get them classes out the way, um, but. PV was right up the street too, so and you know playing ball in the swag like that. That was hey, I, yeah. I gotta tell you, man. My, my my first roommate, my first roommate uh, at PV, and I, we kind of grew up together in Detroit. But he is now a practicing vet over in Florida. So PV has a track record of developing folks for for vet school, dental school, uh, and med school. So you in the right place. Mm-hmm. No, well, I, I knew just from the second I was at TSU. And I started, you know, putting that word that I might be at PVN next year. Um, a lot of the ladies and even gentlemen who worked there um, who had connections to PVN, just vet programs or even um, clinics out here, started reaching out, started TSU people now, reaching out to PV people and telling them, hey, who's coming out there, take care of him and trying to get me connected with people. And that was just great, you know. That's that government structure. That's that HBCU government structure. It's on theme, baby. Yeah, that's, that's how we do. Network. That's how we do. All right, man. Well, we we really appreciate you coming on the show, and uh, we wish you guys the best of luck. Uh, we want to get into that dance this year, man. That'd uh, be a way to cap it off. Is let's get yeah. that dance, man. That's, that's the that's the only place I want to go, man. Yeah, we we'll be there. We'll be there Saturday and Monday to see family. There it is. Yes, sir. All right, man. Appreciate you, bro. Thank you. Thank All right. you. We're gonna All take right. a quick break, and we'll be right back with I'm so glad. All right, and 
we are back with I'm So Glad, and we are joined with uh, by none other than my, my room dog, Ed Drayden, president of the 1876 Athletic Foundation. Let me say that again. The 1876 Athletic Foundation for my English-speaking friends. What's up? What up, Ed? What's going on? How we doing? Doing good, man. Doing good. Bro, man, you 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 the busiest man on the planet, bro. Hey, man, I'm just <laughs> super excited to uh, be back in Dallas. Had a phenomenal time in our first annual planning meeting down in Houston. We capped that off. We're going to see the women's and men's team uh, take down TSU. So to Yahuza, Doc Nelson, Cortric Miles, Coach Smith, awesome. Awesome job. Yes, yes. So, Ed, uh, you know, we talked about the 1876 Athletic Foundation maybe back in the fall a little bit as it was just getting up and going. But uh, let's, let's talk about some of the goals and uh, kind of where we are and how folks can get plugged in. All right. So the, the first thing, Al, is 1876.foundation. That's how to get to the website. So I'm going to repeat that, 1876.foundation. There's no .com. .net, any of that at the end, just 1876.foundation. Um, um, the keys are we're 501c3, right? So everything is tax deductible. Um, we love the platform that supports um, our effort. Um, and, and speaking of effort, it's really to support um, the athletic budget. Um, and we also want to, at some point, uh, be able to enhance our game day experience um, and most people like, you know, they'll say, Ed, you know, what do you mean by enhance the, the game day experience? One example for us that wasn't such a highlight was, you know, when you're on campus and we bring in the crowds, uh, the cell site and, and even the wireless coverage kind of uh, is degraded. Right. Um, so we want to be at the forefront of ensuring that some of those efforts are a lot better uh, than we've been able to experience. Right. Um, if you want PV gear, if you want um, um, to be in specific lines, right, shorter lines, more um, efficient entry and exit um, from the stadium. So we're there to overall support the student athlete and then bring alumni back home is really the key. All right. And, you know, the 501c3 makes it uh, very easy for uh, anyone to donate. I know I'm on a uh, recurring donation with matching funds from my employer because uh, the foundation is now in that system where uh, you can get those matching funds from, from corporate uh, entities. That's, that's right. So, yeah, we're supported by um, uh, one of the platforms. It's called Benevity, right? So um, Al, for instance, hope you don't, hopefully you don't, well, I won't mention your employer, uh, but he w works for one of the uh, major automakers, right? And we, I've got a couple other donors who've actually taken advantage of employee matches, right? So for those founding donors of the organization, we're asking for $1,876, $1,876. Most of those are doing that through matching with their foundation. So um, you basically um, go to that system and you look up 1876 athletic foundation and we're seeing there, there are some instances where not all employees will match an athletic foundation uh but we've had uh several instances that have been successful so again that's another way for us to win quickly and if you um if you can't do the 1876 we take any donation uh we're hopefully uh, wanting uh folks to at least put in 18 dollars and 76 cents that's 20 dollars a month recurring yeah. uh, that'll help us um build our funds to where, where we want to get. Mm -hmm. 
Absolutely, absolutely. So, and now there's also been uh, some efforts to help facilitate some of these NIL deals, given this competitive environment that we see in Division One athletics with uh, students getting NIL deals. So uh, talk to us about how uh, the 1876 Athletic Foundation can help uh, coordinate some of those efforts and, and understand uh, where some of those opportunities lie within uh, the athletic department. So uh, great question there. So 1876 and NIL, right? The first thing that we do is we read the rules. Um, a lot of folks are scared, um, unfortunately, to uh, wander into that land. Um, and, and basically, you have to read the rules. What we're hoping to become really uh, with the university um, is really the clearinghouse. The clearinghouse ensures that um, everything is aligned with the NCAA rules. Um, so fortunate enough, we have several members um, that have been attached to um, the NIL process, whether their kids are, are, are currently under NIL deals or they're at other universities. So we're trying to bring some of that knowledge home uh, to make uh, Prairie View Athletics across all 18 sports uh, fall within the competitive landscape. Uh, we were lucky enough this year uh, to help uh, match up a potential donor and one of our athletes, um, a female track athlete. Um, and that went well, um, um, helped her uh, to secure one of the first um, NIL deals uh, for a Prairie View athlete, athlete, excuse me, and specifically for a female Prairie View athlete and an even bigger piece of that, a non-football Prairie View athlete. So what we're doing from an uh, NIL perspective is we're looking, hey, Prairie View alumni, doesn't have to be alumni, but we want to start in-house with our, their own businesses, with their own donations. Reach out to 1876 uh, Athletic Foundation, and again, at 1876.foundation, and let us tie you in to those that are that are in need so we can sponsor our own. Mm -hmm. There we Absolutely. go. That's that's huge. That's huge. Now, Ed, you know how how folks at PVR and our governance structure, they're going to say, but don't we have a foundation at Prairie View? How come they couldn't just run it through that? You, so just let's let's get that off the table and cl clear the air on that real quick. So so again, another great question. Um, so we've actually after we launched um, and we had quite a bit of traction, <laughs> you, we're, with, we're in the five figure range. Uh, just after three months. Um, so uh, the traction is moving, right? So our goal at the end of uh, calendar year uh, 2023 is to be at the, be in the six-figure range, right? So as we start to do press releases, um, you know, where we are now receiver of a Microsoft grant, uh, specifically that runs our operations, the buzz started to get out there. And the administration said, whoa, we better meet with those, um, those folks. So um, as we tried to gain alignment with the administration, one of their requests was to, hey, can you guys um, work with the Prairie View um, Foundation? Why don't you guys get together and see if there's any synergy um, there so that, you know, we can uh, create a, a, a succinct understanding from our donorship program. So we're in talks um, with the Prairie View Foundation right now, um, trying to figure out what that may look like and if there uh, could be alignment um, right now. Uh, but one of the things um, that the group I represent um, told me, said, hey, we're not going to stop, right? If we can get alignment and something for us to move forward, but we don't want to stop the momentum um, that we have. So I would imagine within the next 30, 45 days, we'll have an answer, um, you know, whether we can align together. And if we can't, we'll, we'll still support each other. So really quick, I'd like to mention um, that what we 
one of the things that we did with the Peruvian M Foundation and Panther Backers and some of the other um, affinity groups, um, you know, we were able to get together, help donating shooting machines to the basketball team, right? So again, it doesn't all have to be aligned, um, but that was a thing that where we saw a need as alumni, which is really, really important, alumni. Again, we have to believe in ourselves. We have to grow ourselves before we can go outside and start to, to reach out to others. So hopefully that answers the question, Al, on our alignment with Caribbean m Foundation. We're working to get there. Um, hopefully we will, uh, but if we don't, we won't stop. And at some point um, we'll, we'll regain focus. Or, you know, Absolutely. Alignment. Yeah. The key thing is, you know, everybody is rowing this boat and we are all trying to row in the same direction. So it is uh, good to have that coordination. Uh, we all have the best interests of Prairie View in mind. So uh, just so folks know, this is not a competing uh, foundation. We are uh, just focused on athletics for this foundation, but it is not competing or uh, have any um, uh, negative overlap with the Prairie View A&M Foundation. Hey, I still give to both. So, uh, yeah. You know, yeah. Can I give an ad? Can I give an ad there, there, Al? Um, yeah, yeah. 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 So again, like I said, we're we're in, in deep discussions, um, deep talks. You know, again, hopefully, um, we'll have uh, alignment. But one of the challenges, as a matter of fact, the administration asked us, "Hey, uh, not not only the administration, but the Peruvian and M Foundation asked us about why did we start this, right?" Um, and that key answer was really about transparency right um most of the folks that are around my age group me being such a young man just joking there um and, and even those before me I, my folks that are around my age group and their parents actually when i was going to prayer view um there was a, a, a little bit of a disdain because they didn't have a trust you know trust right so 1876 foundation you'll be able to look at least quarterly to see what monies have been donated and what those monies have been push toward, right? So again, there won't be any questions to what are they doing because it'll be open out there on the web for everyone to view. And, and I think that's one of the, that's a difference maker. That's a differentiator um, for who and whom we are. Um, I was, I won't say I was surprised, but um, to be at five figures that quickly, that was really by word of mouth for people trusting those founding members of the foundation. And basically, you know, uh, I had Drayden calling someone and said, hey, I need you to donate. What am I donating to? All right, execute. I trust you. I trust, you know, I trust Ed. So um, what we're trying to create is that trust and that transparency. And again, that creates the differentiation between us and others. So this is not the, the old Baptist church building fund where yeah. it goes on for 20 years and you never see any building yeah. being built. So this is not that. <laughs> no doubt. Again, first, first 90 days we took in, we're, you know, again, we're at five figures. First 90 days we donated uh, to the basketball team to ensure uh, that those shooting machines, if per the game last night, they seem to be working. Yeah, <laughs> there it is. Exactly. <laughs> There it is. Were. I, I think uh, also I'd also like to add, I think um, in talking to you about the, the foundation previously, um, transparency was a big piece of it. And in particular, Gen X, I, you know, I'm a Gen X or PV 90 to 95 and a big issue then until this day with many is they're they're harboring ill feelings um, about long lines in registration or I didn't get my financial aid on time. And so they are reprehensive uh, or 
are really slow to donate um, to anything uh, Prayer View related. And so I, I think just in speaking with you previously, can you speak about how um, leading with transparency, the foundation, the 1876 foundation uh, wants to partner with Prayer View to knock down those doors, those obstacles, um, those barriers to overcome. Yeah, yeah let's let's give some let's give some leading examples. So again, this isn't a, I'm, I just happen to be the guy they put out front to take the bullets for the foundation. So, um, but part of my compadres within the foundation, male and female, have been part of other efforts at Purview, um, where I think we I three that I know of, but they're they're probably another couple that have live endowments um, in the six figure range that are active at Purview today. Right. So from a trust, from a transparency perspective, um, 1876 Athletic Foundation will be using that same model. Right. So why go the endowment route? The endowment route says, hey, we're going to build funds and then we're going to take off the interest of that endowment to help fund operational costs. Right. So it, it creates something in perpetuity um, in regards to um, a funding event. So again, somebody said the church fund. No, this isn't the church fund. This is an ongoing, as long as my legacy um, can continue, regardless if I'm alive or not, um, we're able to provide real-time funding uh, to Prairie View a and uh, Athletics. The other cool thing about the platform, we, we talked about matching funds, um, but it'll also go into things where you can um, put a Prairie View Athletic Foundation in your will. If we wanted to, right? Um, so we, you know, our, our, um, I would say our platform is top notch um, in those regards. We even take cryptocurrency. So, um, you know, this is the real deal. This is, uh, um, this isn't your mom's Oldsmobile. This is that new Tiger Woods. <laughs> it's a Toyota. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> there. <laughs> shameless, shameless, shameless. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but no, but no, Joe, to, to hopefully uh, I answered your question. But again, um, this is about transparency. You can see where every dollar, every dime goes. And again, uh, we want this to be sustainable. And again, my compadres, my friends that have kicked off this board, the first uh, 10 to 12 members have the track record. They've done it before. Uh, one of the one of the endowments that um, I'm a part of, and, and I actually want to I'll, I'll give a commendation to uh, Joe Clay. He started out with a group. Um, called Epsilon Gamma Iota, um, that um, we're probably a few hundred thousand in um, after a couple of years, um, and we've been able to already spin off scholarships. Um, so that's real talk, real time, real time delivery, and that's what we're about. Yeah, I, I want to say, Epsilon, didn't we do like 86 grand in, in 2020 during a pandemic? Is that Wasn't that the number, Joe? Yeah, that, that was that was the, um, the, the top level number, and up to like 200 grand at this point. And that's from a very small group of people. So imagine what all of Prairie View could do together, collectively, yeah. giving back to an entity that they trust where the money will be used according to the stated <clears throat> um, usage. What what power do we have? The, the 40,000 plus strong living alumni that we have, I, I hope that number is correct. That might be a little bit high, but we, we, yeah. we'll we'll run yeah. with it. <laughs> I said living. He said we'll living. run with it. Well, let's just say that number is correct, Joe. Let's take half of that, right? Let's just say our bogey was 50% of that 40000 If 50% of that 40000 gave us $20 a month per year, 
you know, I'm an engineer, but I can't calculate that quick. Come on, Shadad, I know you got it. But whatever, <laughs> that, whatever that is, that's going to be a longest figure. That's a lot. Again, <laughs> the other thing that it does, most of the time when corporations and others want to donate to a school, they want to know what your alumni is doing. Exactly. Now we've got proof, proof in the pudding, right? Uh, so the other cool thing, again, about our platform, once you donate, um, you literally get your own login screen and page to manage your donation. So in other words, when it comes tax time, I can log in as a donor, pull down my own information to, you know, to pass along to the to the IRS, right? So again, we're as transparent um, as can be, and we hope this helps um, lead our effort to change um, who we are. Yeah, by the way, that number is $400,000 per year. Okay, all right. Yep. I mean, so yep. that's a decent amount. <laughs> we we yep. can do a little something with that. Yeah. yeah, but that's that's the bare minimum, though, right? Oh, no so, doubt, yes. no, no, no doubt, no doubt. No. So that's legacy building stuff. That's as long as Prairie View A&M University exists, those funds are there. That's right. What that's it, right. What it, it does is it addresses all of those uh, alarms that sit back and say, "Why we don't have this? Why we don't have that?" It takes funding to do those things. So, so Roland, I didn't want to go there. So if you, so I monitor some of the uh, Facebook chats and the Facebook alumni pages, and and you'll notice if you see Ed Drayton in there, you'll notice I'll always just post the link. Uh, mm -hmm. Foundation, right? Yeah. And so yep. what I'm saying there is, hey, instead of a lot of the things that we put in, let's start to donate. Put your money where your mouth is. Right? Yep. And hopefully this yes, goes out there to help this is legitimate. But every time I see something that's a little bit awry, that has a little mm -hmm. bit of a question of what and why and who coaches, hey, here you, here's your link. Yep. Yes, they don't talk about it, be about yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's real talk. Yeah. Well, it's it's very, you know, for me, I feel like, you know, hey, the message has to be very consistent. Right. Um, I don't know if those of you who have actually been to one of the home games in the dome, but the the, the game, the experience there within the dome has evolved. Um, it's, it's now at the level of we may I think we may have seen it a couple of times when we only played Texas Southern. But now we're seeing it consistently every home game. The lights mm -hmm. go down, the, the jumbotron lights up. We have. Um, uh, uh, multimedia, I mean, media um, effects light that show. pop up on the drum. Yeah, there's light show. They have a fog machine. You know, none of that stuff is free. You know, and and the good news is, I think um, under the leadership of uh, Dr. Gardner, we're starting to see he's reaching out to alums. Alums are very passionately donating their in-kind services, their resources, their skill sets to help make PV better. And so, <laughs> couple that with your financial treasures. Tre couple that with your treasures. What? Let's jump I'm on sorry. that, Roland, real, real quick, sorry. because you, you hit a very important point. I know you're passionate about it. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. It comes you, out. Led, you led me right to a point. So the one thing about the foundation is that these charter members are all Prairie View, right? And again, yep. not that we want to accept outside service and outside help, outside expertise, but there's an, an infinite love right there, right? So even within the administration folks that are helping us, that are kind of guiding around, aren't necessarily preview so they don't know the roots right so i was beating up on some of my compadres as we were in the uh, tsu stadium and we went down about 10 points or so and uh their hands kind of dropped and i you know kind of gave them a little elbow jab and i say hey this isn't the 90s right this is a different preview <laughs> right and, and some of us were actually down there on the floor i won't call any names but they left some of us out but regardless um um it's it's this is a new Free new preview, right? So, um, so very excited to, to watch things change. And it's the folks that I where I'm really going with this is that 
or Prairie View bread, right? So when your mom and dad, aunts, uncles sent you to Prairie View, what they received back was an edu educated individual. Definitely. And where I'm really going with this is that we, over my 20 years uh, out in the industry, um, and many of you have made some of these corporations millions, gazillions of dollars, right? So as I sat amongst that yep. board meeting yesterday, and I got to watch some of uh, our members who are parts of Big Six, uh, of the um, the Big Six from a um, accounting firm perspective, start to walk us through and step us through planning, it was just uh, invigorating to watch that expertise, excuse me, come to light for Prairie View, right? So again, when I when I, when I reach out to our fellow alumni as well as uh, the administration, understand that these are the guys that are Prairie View trained, that are, are folks. I shouldn't say guys, folks that are Prairie View trained that have been there when it hasn't been so good. You know, Owen, Gazillion, whatever. You know, um, that understand that we've been successful from a business perspective, and now we just want to help change the game. It is. And we sure appreciate you coming on, bro. Keep us posted. Um, we know it's going to be a lot coming up in the fall with that game day experience. And uh, we want to make sure that by the end of this calendar year, we we in those six-figure range. So let's, folks, let's get, get busy. 1876.foundation. We'll share all our social media. We'll put the, uh, the, the QR code out there. Everybody, hey, $20 a month. Nowadays, you're gonna spend that on 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 paper towels, man. So yeah. let's, let's get it in. Let's get it in. Hey, All appreciate right, we're gonna you take guys. Thanks for having us. Absolutely, we're gonna take a quick All break, right. and we'll be right back with uh, re-ready shoutouts. Thank you, Mr. Drayden. All right, thank Drayden. you, Mr. Drayden. Appreciate it. We are back with the We Ready shout-outs. So, Joe, I'm going to come to you first. What you got, bro? Man, uh, not a shout-out, but an announcement. An announcement. National Signing Day, February the 1st. National Signing Day, February the 1st at the um, Downtown College of Nursing Center on 6436 Fannin Street at 6.30 p.m. It's $25 a ticket. They feed you, give you a beverage. Let's come out there and support our coaching staff as they announce um, the signees for National Signing Day, uh, they will discuss and break down the signings from the December early signing period and those who will sign uh, this February the 1st. So come check us out if you want to smooth and have some conversation with the, the football coaching staff. They will be there. $25. Let's get it. All right. All right. Now, we spent a lot of time talking about the men's win over Texas Southern, but the ladies won, too. So my shout out this week is going to none other than Miss Miracle Taylor. She had 19 minutes. She was five of seven for field goals, four of five from the three-point line, and two of four at the free throw line. Hey, she ready. She was ready. She ready. It is. Anybody else hey, got a shout-out? I actually want to take a moment to uh, do a shameless shout-out to the Austin family. So th today is actually my grandfather's, rest his soul, but today would have been his 100th birthday. Awesome. And uh, in celebration mm -hmm. of his 100th, my family has – made a pledge to make sure that we would close out our endowment this year in celebration of his and his of his uh birthday so shout out to the austin family for doing their part to make sure that a legacy continues on in our folks honor so the austin family awesome. was ready, that ready. Is ready. 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 ready 
I don't have a shout out. I have a I have a get ready. So let's uh -oh. get ready. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> no, no, it's I, this. I think this is going to go down in Houston. I mean, history. So earlier this week, they announced that Prairie View football will be playing Southern Methodist University SMU September 16th. So we need you in Dallas twice this fall. But the cool thing about that is I'm just curious because HBCU in Highland Park, if you're not familiar oh, with Highland Park, get ready. they need to get ready. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, she said, leave the weed at home. Do not hey. have no, no doobies in your car. Hey, hey, man, you ain't going to see nothing. I but... I was like, HBCU alum and students in Highland Park. Okay. Okay. Hey, that's gonna be hot. That's gonna be hot. I'm looking forward to that. I'll be there. They are too. Right. They're looking forward to seeing you guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It ain't safe, it ain't safe. All right, you better take us out of here. All right. PV. You know Y'all slow, man. Come on. Slow. I'm, I'm, trying last week. I'm trying to read lips and, and make sure I'm on the back. Pressure that Shanetta brings as a former drum major. We feel like we gotta live up to that. Oh no, we out of here. All right, all right. <laughs>